Hello, everyone, and welcome back to, I think, episode number six of the Feeding Curiosity podcast. We are joined yet again by Joe. Hello. And we're just going to talk about fitness and nutrition here, just to try to keep a topic that's a little bit more concise and targeted so that for viewing ease and purpose, it's not all over the board like they have been lately. Joe. Why don't you start us off and just, I guess, how you got into working out and we'll go from there. Because I think that's a really important thing is because a lot of people just see themselves stuck and not trying it and seeing themselves as a way that they don't think they could be someone that would either one, enjoy it or two, get into it. Yeah, there's, I mean, I have a weird fitness thing. Like, how do you say it? Like eased into it a little bit. Yes, that's for sure. In high school, I was in football and I was in track. And before that, I was like in soccer as a kid. Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. And baseball before that. So I always done great, but, but I've always been active. Footballs, I think, really started the ball rolling because I actually cared about football. So I would like work hard, lift. I started lifting in high school. Not much. It took me a long time to get anything going there. But then once I knew I was going to the Corps, that was like game time. Yeah, because I remember when you started going to the Marine Corps, you're doing like crazy weighted runs and like crazy PT almost every day and everything like that. Oh yeah, I was running like, Jesus. I think I ran like 10 miles in order to do that. Shit like that, like real fucking far. I got pretty good at it. I liked it a lot actually. I'd get to the point where I could kind of just space out and think. It became like meditation while running, which was really good. Nice. Yeah, runner's high, right? Yeah, it was kind of like just this piece thing like i would run in the rain all kinds of shit. i'm not that anymore i know running um, is is my arch nemesis a little bit too yeah the marine corps kind of ruined that one for me it like, sucked the fun right out of it but i really went hard for startup you know since then it's just been really nice for me like part of the schedule like here i work out six six days a week usually Okay. That's actually a little bit more above average, I would say. Yeah. Four of those days are lifting exclusively. And two of those days are usually some, they're either like abs. Is I do abs both of those days. I'll deadlift on a day on its own. Too. Which makes sense because that's probably one of the more intense full body yeah. type lifts. Yeah. Plus it's just a timing issue. Like I can't be at the gym for two hours. I got shit to do. Like doing deadlift on top of like leg day or back there. So we'll just extend it out too much. So the, I guess the next question is, where did you learn how to do these lifts properly? Because, you know, people say for people who are uninitiated, I guess some people would say that the deadlift is dangerous or even squats are dangerous. Did you a watch mix. videos or anything or did people in the core help you? No, they didn't. Not really. So I started learning in football. That's where I learned some of my stuff, too. I don't think I got into it. I just knew of it. And the, the coaches were shit. Yeah. They were really not very good, at least in so far as I interact. I just didn't get much direction. So it was a lot of just learning things into different places. It wasn't like no mind metal connections, no real understanding of why form is the way that form is. Like you're not squatting low enough and then that was apparently how you do form. That doesn't tell you nearly enough about what you know or anything like that. So it was like, it's yeah. kind of it bad. I really started to learn in the Marine Corps, especially at Fort Sill. So at Fort Sill, I was there for four months for seven course, which wow. means that, that the reason that I was there for so long was because there was a huge surge of people during that time in the Fort Sill. And they just could not fit everybody in the class. So there's a lot of people just fucking waiting around doing nothing. Oh, wow. So I would, I just went hard as fuck. I said, I'm going to just like my mindset. I'm a new Marine. I should be in shape. 
I should uphold that standard. And when people look at me, they should be like, that's a fucking ring. Like, I shouldn't yeah. be out of shape at all. So I was just like, all right, I'm going to work the fuck out and get big. That is such a common so theme in Marines, by the way. That's yeah. like, go no. hard mentality. It's funny. I can give a story around that. Like, it kind of ties in a little bit. We'll go on tangent. I found there's, I found out here that all the presidents of the SV have been Marines, which is funny. Like, huh. the really? The guy that, yeah, it's at least here in Michigan. So it's like, uh, we're talking about this. One of the faculty members that helps us out. And he was like, oh, yeah. He was like, for some reason, he was like, always end up being president here. He was like, and also more Marines get into Michigan than any other branch, like relatively, especially See, given the sheer small number of people that are actually Marines. There's really just not Yeah, because the majority of people go to Army, Navy, right? Oh, yeah. Like way fucking more. So it's mind-blowing. There's so many Marines that come here. And he said that the reason for it is that Marines basically just be like, fuck it, I'm going to try. Or a lot of other... It's almost like a startup mentality. Like having that just, I don't care if I fail, you're going to go for it. That's almost like a microcosm of what working out is. You can just yeah. go for something and then if you fail, you what happens? God forbid you get hurt, but that's what the spotter's there for. It's just, I have a basic understanding of how lifts work. And I just, that was my prime focus just to learn how to lift. So it was like, I'd go on bodybuilding.com, great resource. That's exactly what I did. I got pre-workouts and shit for the first time. That's the one everyone tries. It's baby's first pre-workout. Yeah, it really is. And then you realize it's the one of the it's, worst ones ever once you get it. They got like decent ones now. You should just be a metric fucked on a caffeine beta alanine. You just get tingly and wired. Yeah, I, I would so say like, my starting is a little bit different because I only did sports, freshman year football. And I weighed 110 pounds. Okay. And I didn't ever lift or do a sport in my life. Went through that and it was like, I got to a point where I was at community college. I had a intro level job before done with school. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to be here for a while until I'm done with everything. And then once I got to like this stable level, it's, it's like this, weird, I don't know where this came from at all, but it was like a mutual friend of ours was in college and he had started lifting again in college, came back for like winter break. And he was like, dude, you got to try going to the gym. You're going to like it. I was like, I don't know, man. I'm fucking busy. The, the classic excuse. Pull something out of thin air. And, and then that, but that sowed the seed. It was like there in the back of my head. I started seeing him getting like, muscular and in shape and just progress from what he was doing and i was like in my head i was like what do i want to do and then right around this time what happened is i just started like researching stuff and back then i was drinking like six cans of pop a day like it was just terrible a after that i was 21 or just around there it was i've done three three tough mutters now you were older than i thought you were i don't know why i got to the point where it was like kind of like mind and body so i was like okay I'm, i know i'm smart enough but like Mind and body are the same. So if your body's not healthy, then your brain isn't going to be firing as well as your body could or right. vice versa. It's like a symbiosis. And so I just, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need to commit fully. So I decided it was like in the middle of May, I was just like, I'm done drinking pop. I quit cold turkey that day and didn't drink like a can of pop for like a whole year or like maybe one for like a holiday or something. And I still really hold to that to this day. I'm sometimes here or there, I'll get like a caffeine itch or a sugar itch where I'm just like, I need something sweet. But that's what pre-workout is for, surprisingly. They're, they usually have some sort of sweetener in there that isn't as unhealthy as just sugar. And then it just went down the rabbit hole where like every day at work in the morning, 
while checking emails or something. I would just be like reading a new article on bodybuilding.com and getting like a diet thing going and just slowly building up, watching videos, constantly trying new things. And I did, I think I tried two or three programs that they have on there, how they follow like day by day. But now it's gotten to the point where I can just do whatever I want because it's not as structured, I would call it, but it's more loose and it's got a small set of moves that I like to do over an everyday basis almost because I don't really do too much of a bodybuilding stuff. But yeah, the starting was is it was also I, I think the other thing I did is because I, I remembered what I did in high school. So that kind of like hangs over you when you're like n- never got to a point of being proficient or seeing any like improvement. So I like gave myself the OK. I was like, all right, if I'm going to do this, you have to pretend like anything you did before never happened. Wipe the slate clean so that I wasn't like going to judge myself for where I then because because if I was going to be like, oh, man, I, I remember doing so much better here or whatever. Like I didn't care. Like the, the check the ego at the door was what the idea was. And, and then once I was able to do that and just, just put your head down and just every day you're going to get a little bit better or whatever, try a little bit harder. And now I'm still doing it to this day. I think I do, yeah, five to six days a week, depending. Mostly like kettlebells. Yeah. So now my workout, I used to, I've did three different phases initially. So it was like super hardcore bodybuilding, then like a power building, which is like power lifting with a few days of bodybuilding mixed in. And then once the first Tough mutter came around, around this time in like March, February, April-ish, because the first time mother was in may i started doing a whole bunch of running and calisthenics so like push-ups pull-ups and then i noticed that my body was responding to that really well back then and then that was always like my default whenever i like needed to like drop weight or cut fat my body just reacts to like body weight movements better for some reason i noticed it really works for me like on the two days i always hit the heavy and i love that cardio heavy bag stuff oh yeah like i'll run a mile and then do what i've been doing recently is three rounds of five minutes and i'm like fucking drenched by the end of that shit that's i enjoy set it. up somewhere or go to a gym like that yeah i was thinking about Mu- muay thai i was actually listening to one of rogan's podcasts he had world champion muay thai boxer i think he's from france he's from europe and he had his coach on too and it was really interesting to hear them talk about like the best muay thai fighters in the world and stuff like that because it's really not popular in the united states and i just really think it's really cool like just listening to them just talk t- talk shop at mtc that's what i'm going to be doing yeah. in the summer i'm doing there before I remember doing it too when I was first doing it. I really want to uh, just for the summer. But yeah, so like th- th- this whole journey, it, w- it was really strange too. Cause like right around, I would say, yeah, right around when I started working out, I got into podcasts slowly, right? That was like my first foray into it. Like mm-hmm. TED Talk, like the, the TED Radio Order, NPR. And uh, those were my first few podcasts. And then I was like slowly, I remember someone and probably was one of our other mutual friends who's really into mixed martial arts who had mentioned Joe Rogan's podcast. And I was like, I don't know anything about this guy. Cause it, so this is the thing for iTunes is that they're labeling system for a podcast names or categories is terrible because they call rogan's podcast a comedy it's definitely not just a comedy it definitely is comedy it definitely also, is but it's not only but, that it's just too yeah, narrow so i don't know what you would call rogan's podcast no I think you just pick your niche and then just go from there but so like i, I just gave it a shot i'm like i don't really like comedy that much i wouldn't call myself a comedy and i'm like wait this is not like I, I probably hit one of the episodes that was like a science one or something like that i was like what oh i get it i'm like okay i see why this is a thing now Cause it's just a conversation between people and then it's now it's I've been exposed to a whole new world of MMA and like different people like Jocko who's was a special forces a seal and stuff like that and just like expanding a knowledge base into different areas that I would never have expected that I would get into is like when I first went to our local mixed mental arts gym when I first did BJJ Brazilian jiu-jitsu I was like it, it felt like I had come full circle kind of like it's like I, like I had like always meant to be there, which was really strange feeling for me. Like it was almost surreal. Does, does that make so, sense? Yeah, yeah, because you're, you're hearing about it. 
Mm-hmm. Like you're just exposed to it, and then all of a sudden you're there, and you're like around it. And like our friend was telling me, like the guy, the instructor is like a, a real black belt and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is so weird. But like, that was a good experience for me to go there. I wasn't sure if I was gonna do it or not. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I was gonna do it either. I realized it was funny because there was a point where I was like nervous about going. I don't think I'm gonna do this. And then I was like, oh, I get it. Now I have to do it. That is the now best statement you'd ever say. It's like a second that I realized that was something that made me uncomfortable. I was like, yep, okay, now I have to do this. And that's that a point where I was totally comfortable. Oh my god, that is so good, dude. Because so that's that could be called like fear setting. It's like inoculating yourself to small things that like take you out of your comfort zone, right? I guess that we could also talk about when I did my Tough Mudder for the first time, you weren't there because you were still in the Marines. And then, so I talked about it. We had pictures up and everything like that. And then next one, you came home and you were like ready for it. Like you were looking way forward to it. So you could probably talk about how Tough Mudder and stuff makes you feel like that Marine-esque experience of just go, like just putting it. It takes me back. It (laughs) transports you back to that military mode, right? Yeah, it's it's probably the setting and the time. It's designed from like those military style runs. Yeah, it reminds me of stuff that we did on like the Crucible stuff in Marine Combat Training, MCT. Passing for that gym and combat training was too close. It's really close. It reminds me of courses that we do there. So like when I do it again at Tough Mudder, it was like, oh, I get it. Like I'm back in the zone and I can, there's this mentality. I I don't know. It's like the warrior mentality. That's exactly what it is. It absolutely doesn't matter what obstacle there is like it's actually pointless it actually does not matter because i'm gonna get through it anyway i don't think i've ever really failed any of the obstacles oh no well we have gone the last few times like we've crushed no it's not even like they on the website if you go onto the toughmutter.com website you can look at all the obstacles they have and not every obstacle be at the race you go to because it's all around the country or in the global scene wherever you live but if you you can see like that certain things have like strength cooperation or grit which is technically mental toughness and i would say 90 percent of them are actually a mental toughness challenge it's saying where is your limit and are you willing to go beyond that limit or is your or is yeah. your limit too much and it's all mental there's you can see people that are like way in better shape than i am like freaking they fail on simple obstacles just because you can tell that they weren't committed to complete like you see guys that are definitely look more fit right i guess a new where we like Instagram fit. Like there's people you'll see, here's what it looks like to me. Like I see, I specifically think of that obstacle where it's the it's, monkey bars that yeah, go up. It's called the funky and, monkey. Yeah, you grab, you swing from the monkey bars onto another bar that's like a circle and it spins. So yeah. it spins your body around. It's like an inclined monkey bar. So it's a little, it's way, it's a little bit harder. And then there's the last portion where it's, you go from a horizontal spinning bars to vertical spinning bars and people will grab them to a pole so you have to do hand over hand rather than so people will grab them and instead of if they miss they'll let go with their other hand so it's like their expectation was that they were going to grab the bar in front of them and then they were going to swing but what ends up happening is they reach out of the bar and they slip so you see people that just it's almost like a panic setting they just go yeah. nope didn't do it and then they drop especially that freaks people out because there's that moment of doubt where they don't think they're going to hit grab the bar in yeah. front of them so then when they panic then they undercut themselves because they're nervous nervous that kind of thing where you where you just don't i think i don't remember who i don't know if it was me or you but like the first time i didn't have enough distance and i tried for it and then i had to reset whereas like the average person would freak out at that point and then just fall dude when we were at the end of it i had to reaching from i forget which fucking portion to the other portion but i like would reach for it with my left hand and because my hands are all wet i slipped three times and i would just stop you have to stop yourself and keep mental fortitude to be able to be like hey just take a deep breath here you're gonna be okay just don't lose it and the other part about tough mudder which i which is the whole so let me rewind a little bit here so when i first got into working out it was like three months later so this gets a little personal but basically it was about three months later 
So if I started in May, that was like June, July, August. So right around school was starting. But my dad would, had been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And this is right when I had started basically like overhauling everything I did. And it was like, all of a sudden, it put everything I was doing in this like stark contrast. I'm like, oh my God. I'm reading about bodybuilding diets. And then I, all of a sudden I come home. My dad's, hey, I have this new condition. And I'm like, whoa, freaking out a little bit. And then- Is it hereditary? No, that's the type two is the one where you just have uh, overabundance of insulin. Type one is the one that's okay. or is the type one is where your body can't process carbohydrates as well anymore for the insulin. Double. Right. Basically, type two is the one that you get from eating like crap over long period of time right. for like for lack of finesse, I guess you would call it. But basically around that time, I was kind of like getting really into this and like understanding now what I would call low glycemic foods versus high glycemic foods, breads and sugars and stuff like that. And I was reading them. They give you pamphlets from the doctor that say these are the kind of foods you should be eating that are like good for diabetics limiting carbs basically and i'm like whoa this stuff is exactly the same and how a bodybuilder should eat if you want to be low fat but still gain muscle but obviously you can play with it a little bit more there's some nuance that is beyond the scope of this right now but and, and i just thought i was just like whoa this is like a whole new world and it's if everyone just ate like this we wouldn't have this and then after it got to a point though where i was like i didn't want to just do weightlifting for the vein side of it to be look good in a mirror to have the six pack to have the big muscles blah 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 so i was looking at things i'm like how do i want to do this and for some reason i knew of tough mutter i can't tell you how exactly but the reason i chose tough mutter is that it wasn't a solo experience and that was really important because i think when you can take yourself out of a scenario like everyday life and then put yourself into something that you can bring your friends with and share a moment and something that's hard and something you don't never like ever never ever get to do unless you're in the military like joe was explaining and it just totally breaks up the monotony of real and i think is that's really important and it's such a bonding moment to have with your friends because like we did it with four people the first time and it was like one of the most like it sucked the next day but during the whole thing it was fun it was so fun to have your friend behind you and you're like helping each other up and you're pulling things over and stuff like that it was just a just different it's like that like you said warrior mentality like that tribal it um, builds camaraderie yeah like the crucible type moment and, and for me it was like i knew i was going to do it no matter what even if none of my friends had gone with but i really wanted to be able to share that moment with people because i yeah. thought that it shouldn't just be a solo journey to do these things because the more people you get around you and see hey this is what you're doing as a positive impact it comes off on people yeah i got the experience uh, yeah the same i agree like what we did with mike the first year like that. It reminds me, it makes me think of, I think in modern culture, we need to have some kind of like passage. Yeah, we don't have one. At I least it's been lost. At least from a male side standpoint of it. I don't know if it appeals to women. Quite no, not as much, I would say. I feel like it's certain women now, like when they're trying to like break, break the mold slash stereotype, it can appeal. But yeah, from like a male, because like when you were in like caveman times, you would have, you'd be taken out on a hunting party and then you would be given the passage of going after an animal or something or taking an animal down. They'd be like, I think it was an Australian, I can't remember exactly, but I might be wrong about where this is coming from. The men would, when you become a man, you carry around the stone axe and you oh, earn okay. your stone axe on, you get taken out on like a journey for a couple of weeks to the bush and you have to survive with a mentor who's there with you. And that person doesn't just teach you how to survive, but also like teach teaches you how to be a man in some sense. And then you have symbolic acts that's handed down to you and you carry that around. I think that having something like that is like the opportunity for young men to really come into their own in some sense. This real defined, clear challenge that they have to overcome, it allows for personal growth and for like this, it's a symbolic gesture of becoming an adult. Totally. And there's and really not that anymore. It's tragic yeah. too, because with the advent of all this technological advancement, you're, our parents can't give us 
a rite of passage really anymore. Not as much, unless like it is something physical in nature where you go camping for a week. Yeah. Unless, unless you can disconnect from technology, because there's really within technology, there's no passing of a torch, so to speak. Because like by the time I would say we were in high school, we were probably surpassed average parent level of education, unless your parent is like a doctor or something. I just see not having a sort of like crucible moment growing up leaves people feeling lost. It's like, how do you know when you're an adult? Right. Yeah. Like I was about to say, I'm like, I can't really tell you if I had a moment where I really felt like I was an adult because like by 18 slash 21, you're you have all the rights of an adult human being. Do you really understand what that means? I think people need that they need that clear designation sense. And then the other part of working out for me too, or like fitness stuff, it, it opened the door that the experimental mindset, like you don't need to have someone's authority to be able to try something. So being able to- I don't know, it's, I almost wish it, this is why bow hunting like appeals to me. Harry Rogan talk about it and all this stuff. He's got to stop talking about it because every time he talks about it, I'm just like, I want to get on it. I almost definitely, I really, here's something, a funny little anecdote. I was talking to this chick, we get it off and we were getting coffee and everything. And I think that the reason, she got my number, but I think she didn't text me is because she's a vegan. Mm. And she said that it was like unethical pushback on that. Like it's more ethical than factory farming, more ethical than that. I can also understand that it's like this ancestral callback to like human history like you're doing the hunter-gatherer thing it's an experience it's not just it's about an outdoors experience it's just about killing an animal and she liked that i'm wondering if that's anything or because i was fucking wearing a really warm shirt drinking a cup of coffee and sweating it was a lot warmer than it was supposed <laughs> oh jesus joe i don't know either i'm sweating gross or i might have it's not hard to upset a vegan no. But yeah, I agree. I agree with a lot of what Rogan says about hunting because he doesn't like if you really think about like the animal he kills. So he hunts elk and deer, deer. and those each are like 100 pounds at least or a couple hundred pounds that can feed an entire family for an entire year if you ration it properly. And just to, to me, just the understanding of you're going to be using a piece of technology that is integral to the human advancement as a species obviously you probably use a compound bow which is a little bit more advanced but in general if you have that it, i think it just feels really cool to have be able to be proficient with something that is so old uh, i wonder if it doesn't like reawaken some old genes yeah could you know like the epistemic or epigenetic is that it yeah epigenetic that wouldn't quite work the same way no i'm trying to no. think of what, but yeah some sort of like long dormant part of what makes you a human being or a hunter yeah, this probably sounds a little out there but I think the experience is a very real thing that like you go out and you have a definite goal and that's all you have. Like you're not on your phone, you're not distracted. I think that is a really important point. Being able to disconnect yourself from everyday modern technology in front of screens and computers and your phone and not wanting to have the luxuries that we have in everyday life, having wa like water and clean clothes and a shower and food always when you're just, how many times a year do you ever get uncomfortable from being like doing something like other than being at the yeah. gym? Like to be able to get out of this. It's honestly, I think it's almost more real kind of modern modernity shit. Like just being on your phone, being on the computer, whatever it is all the time is just so unnatural. Absolutely. We're I mean, lost in it too. And I just think that especially yeah, being going I think that's part of what makes it so powerful is specifically other than just disconnecting but also doing that it, the hunting itself isn't necessarily the point like the food isn't like you could get food somewhere else you, know, you could go to the grocery store why bother hunting but it's, it provides a clear directive and a means of knowing that you've accomplished something like you can go out there and wander around you can go on a hike essentially this thing like hike around a camp for two days yeah if you don't want to if ethically speaking you don't feel like hunting but like hunting provides almost like a clear sign of a 
accomplishment. Right, yeah. Because there's a goal at the end of that. And then not only it's Rogan talks to Sigeth, but like the, the respect you gain because that is something you provide now for your family and stuff like that. Yeah, um, and I think you also get like respect for the animal too. Like you, you finally learn, like really learn through that experience that the food that you comes at a cost. And yeah. I think that's actually important for a lot of people to recognize. Especially right now. You can literally, like for me, I have a five minute drive down to the local Walmart and I can buy any kind of food I can ever imagine and then cook it at home with literally, it, it's just the time it takes and the money you spend to buy it. Or even lazier, I can go down to Chipotle and I can say, give me a bowl with X, Y, and Z. And then I'm done. I don't even think about what I want to eat or anything like that. It's just like, hey, I'm going to go here. I'm going to get this kind of food. I'm done. It's so convenient. It's ridiculously convenient. It makes you appreciative, I think, to go through the challenge to get it. It's not equivalent, but like the challenges of the Marine Corps taught me very much to recognize just how almost silly modern life kind of is. It's just so, everything seems so trite in comparison for like war. Not that I went to war, but just to know that's there. It's like hard. To put it more like hard shit, like things that actually mean life or death, right? <laughs> Just the knowledge of being in that kind of place. I don't know. It's really hard to describe what it was like. I can't even speak of it because I wasn't there, but it's I just have an idea of it. It's just, I don't know. It's strange. And some people fall prey to this holier than now, or I guess just better than really military mentality where the civilian problems aren't real. Like they don't matter. <laughs> they do. Like relationships do matter. And like all these things are real and should be taken seriously. I'm not trying to undermine that. Really, we're not trying to say that the problems that people experience in their modern lives real, but there's something that adds perspective and being in a position where you can't, where you, the, the problems are bigger than that, or at least different kinds of problems. It just adds a new perspective. I get like that too sometimes when I see some of these different issues that pop up on the internet and get mainstream attention. I'm just like, it makes me sad at some points where I'm just like, man, if people cared about things that actually could like the whole planet better and put the entire weight of certain things behind it it could we could make leaps and bounds way faster than we are today or like some of the problems that we have today that seem like these insurmountable things would be less insurmountable i get frustrated i'm like why are we fucking around like we're complaining about celebrity maybe even some of our politics outrage if we could direct that same energy to something that's actually productive fucking imagine what we could get done there's so much there's so many problems in the world that if all we did is stop whining about it and just went out and fucking did something, like, could you imagine what could actually get done? Like, to me, too, the just the amount of, like, anger and outrage that people show everybody else is, to me, it gets, it makes it, un like, it's like, why are we so angry at each other? Like, we're all just people. And we, sure, we're going to have disagreeing opinions and things like that, but we're all coming from it from a different angle. No one is ever going to agree 100%. And then you turn into these campy little tribal things and it just gets mired down and everyone just starts talking past each other or rather flinging shit across the room. <laughs> yeah, the analogy is great. And it just makes me upset because it's just, I, I wrote this in one of my blog posts. Is that at the end of the day, we're all part of one team human. Because if, if we can't get along one day and someone gets so upset, someone does something stupid, we're all dead. We're all fucking dead. And that's dark and really dark. But it scares me sometimes because we're pretty fragile. And, and just rolling this back into the whole fitness part of it is I think, I, I remember when I started started working out a lot more I, I remember feeling a lot calmer so like letting out like energy in the gym diffuses your own internal tension it's almost like right. zen moment for me when i go there endorphins i know i can tell i'm in a better mood when after i do especially after i did like that day i'm usually in a good mood so like really pushing myself sweating and being in it and stuff like 
puts me in the right mindset. Like I don't, I could not survive. I don't think I could deal with the stress. Oh, I did without all your scheduling. It's not even that crazy too, for sure. Next year is going to be way worse, like in the fall. So it's like knowing that already, I'm like, I have to schedule working out. Like I need that thing because I need a couple of hours where I can just work, sweat, and be done with it. Hey, just for specifics, when do you usually work out? Like a time of day? Man, it's all over the place. It's usually in the morning or it's probably either 10 a.m. Okay. or like 3.30, usually. So that's pretty average, I would say. So I try and do it in the morning because there's less people at the gym. I know you're paying. The gym around here, it's not fun. For me, just being able to go there, especially since on average I'm there either about noon or I'm about 4 o'clock. What I've noticed lately too is that if I'm listening to something with spoken word, I have a harder time focusing, like getting into the moment. But if I just put on music and then I just go, I just zone out. I forget about the music. I'm It's just looking at because I have a Fitbit watch, so I look at my heart rate lately and I'm just like, all right, let's see how high I can get this heart rate to go. Stuff like that where it's just, I'm going to beat myself to death right now <laughs> something and i can feel it like i saturday of this week i did uh tire flips for the first time ever and i don't know how heavy this tire was i would probably say anywhere between 60 to probably 50 to 70 pounds and i would do eight flips and then do push-ups in between and stuff and i was just like i was dying by the end i was just like yes this is exactly what i wanted right now and then like when you leave it feels like you did something for the day i guess it feels silly to say this but it's like i earned my shower for the day i almost get that feeling more not in lifting because like i can push myself hard lifting but it's not quite the same like there's a point where you just fail yeah lift anymore it's not a mental thing at that point it's just a thing of oh my muscles are done you can just feel it you're just like oh yep you can't do it if i'm hitting the heavy bag sweating balls i'm like out of breath and i can just tough it out for a minute your arms start burning your shoulders start burning you feel every punch going through your arms and it's just you know no you're not quitting one punch you land yeah like you feel your wrist (laughs) tweak a little bit or something like that yeah yeah yeah. i know exactly what you're talking about like that's what i was doing today i was doing sprints on the treadmill and I was doing like 30 second intervals. You know, that last set, I was like, oh, dude, this is 30 seconds going to suck. I'm 15 seconds in. My calves are burning. My legs are starting to feel like they're not running straight anymore. I'm like, nope, you're not giving up yet. So and then I went like an extra five seconds because of that. Stuff like that. Just those little like tweaks that you can do to push your, you test your own limits, I guess. I can snap in way better. I think part of it is just, I know that I'm on some time restraints. I have other things I have to get done. So it's a time to fuck around. And then the other part of it is just, I'm so switched on while I'm here just because I have so much shit that I have to do. You have so much to do and you don't have people there to be like, hey, you want to go get a beer tonight? (laughs) That kind of thing. I guess you do have the old military guys now. (laughs) I got really drunk last night because they like both stupid. I was like, like we were literally out to like past, well past midnight. I'm like, I can't believe I'll do this. But it was like one beer led to another, led to us getting a drink that's named after a professor that is the faculty member that helps us. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it got out of control pretty quick. So Man, anyway, it sounds like you're back at home. Generally, it's just so I'm so focused on getting school done or doing not just done, but like doing well yeah, at whatever I'm doing. But it's like that bleeds over into the gym. So I go there. I'm like, I just want to fucking kill it today. Like I want to do well. And I don't quite have that at home. I know it's harsh, but just so I'm too comfortable. Absolutely. I I feel that. I definitely agree with you. Part of me wants to get an apartment over the summer. I don't know. I, I was just talking about it lately and. I forget who asked me, but basically it was like, would you think about leaving? And I was like, I think at this point I want to leave because it's so easy to be like, I have my parents here and like my friends here and everything's just easy and comfortable. Like certain things I don't have to deal with or whatever. And having that, I guess 
the best way to call it is like a safety net. It, it just makes it so you don't have to really push the envelope. Yeah, and like, it facilitates blazing. And like the things I want to do, hence this podcast and where I want to go with it. I can't really build a studio in my parents' house. I can't like to invite people over for interviews. I'm like, that's, that's not a thing. That's beyond the scope of what I should be able to ask for. It, it's just a point of you got to leave the nest to just go on your own path and, and figure it out. I'm like, since I've been here, I've been able to like, switch on skill sets that I didn't use or really have before, which is really cool. Really? Like, what, like, what, like, what can you say specifically? Socializing with people I don't know, like way fucking better at it. Like I'm a better listener That's now, for sure. I think part of it was just, it was half of it was conscious because I knew that I had to like get out and meet people and really establish myself and not just isolate. I feel like for me, it's really easy to isolate around here because it's, eh. We have our group of friends. That's what it is. Right. That's what I realized. Back home, it's like we have our established group of friends. So I'm not trying to make friends. You know what I mean? Like, it's not on the priority list. Like, I've already got a group of friends that I spend all my time with. I don't need to find a social group. But like, here, I was forced to. And I'm really happy about it because there's a lot of really cool people here. And then also, I've been lucky to be surrounded by a handful of people that are really good socializers. Like you can listen, I've watched, I've paid, tried to pay attention to other people and how they interact with others. And there's some people that are really good at picking up uh, other people's behavior, questions, lines of inquiry, they'll pull out and be like, oh, that's interesting, tell me about that. So I've been able to learn by watching other people do what they do, just being social. And it's really helped. That's, it's awesome. And it, I never would have never been able to learn that at home. No fucking way. I have my comfortable place and I'm also not bumping shoulders with that many people I don't know. So it's just, there's no need for it. So that gets turned off. But since coming here, that's really grown in me. That's one of those things that I think about too, is like, how do you branch out to find new avenues of either thinking or just of trying to move past your own comfort zone? You have to move yourself to a new environment. Because like, I just hit my 40 year work anniversary. I was like, holy crap, I've been here for so long already. And I'm like, I just don't feel like it's, I just feel like it's not going anywhere new, right? I'm just like, I'm like, how do I fix this? And the cool thing is like right now I got a new boss and he's like into podcasts and stuff like that. So I can bounce new off ideas off of him and stuff. And he's like yeah. from a completely different, he's like from Arizona. So they get like a microcosm of Arizona type culture and stuff like that, which is interesting. And he, all, he also went to West Point, which is even more interesting. He's a military guy. I worked in defense for years and years. So that that's just another part. Listening to people's stories, I think is one of the best ways of understanding, like getting new understanding. Yeah, dude. Have you, would you consider going to grad? I've thought about it. Honestly, I, I don't know what I would major in at this point because I feel, I almost feel like taking what I know as an engineer and then trying to transition that into something new that is feels very engineering would be a really interesting leap, if that makes sense. There's a really good engineer school here. That doesn't oh. surprise me. I think that's They're where like, one of my brother's friends. I didn't realize. I still am fucking befuddled about how the school is elite and I did not know. I just don't understand. The people you run into, you're gonna have to start writing down their names and looking at them for 10 years from now. The motherfucker, the this guy, they called him back and they they're like, yo, so they like offered him a different job or want to interview for a different job. That's super Makes weird sense. for a job. Yeah, because he worked as a welder for four years. They were like, they called him, they're like, so we actually want you to apply for, we have a welding job that is like a specific position that is like that you would work with because he's got his engineer degree, so use him. And then they like need special types of welding. And wow, that is really cool, actually. So he was like, he doesn't know if he's going to take it because he was like, let's fucking be an engineer. So he might not take it. He might end up work Pratt and Whitney or something. I can't remember. And Chrysler, he got an interview with Chrysler. That doesn't surprise me. This like whole area in the Midwest is very auto and manufacturing heavy. That's just yeah. what I know from my background right now where I have. I'm in a really interesting situation right now because I am really autonomous in what I can do at my current position. And I'm kind of mm-hmm. like, is my senior design project. I'm like a pseudo program lead slash 
I'm trying to look at this as like a startup project, yeah. which is, I don't know. I think it's just because of my exposure with the different podcasts I listen to are very much of that mindset. So I don't know. It's interesting where I'm at right now. And then once I'm done, I have, it feels like the world is yours kind of feeling. And I have lots of ideas. You just have this last term, right? This last no, term it, term. it's the senior design. So I got this one and next one. And then it's elective stuff, which is a little bit harder to schedule out because it's a weird time. Like when you're done with school, well, it's December, right? Uh, hopefully. I don't know yet. Are you in summer school? No, because it doesn't yeah. pay. Because I have to go like four times a week for one class to drive that much just does it's not economical at all because i can't work then are you have you hit your limit for uh transfer crap yeah i hit it i had way i had 80 credits or something because I, I stayed there longer and then just got everything out of the way as much as i could before yeah. i transferred so i had the maximum number of credits transferable so when you start you're being in shit i know i'm gonna be really excited once i can start this summer i really want to start this is actually a good point to wrap up because we're about to hit our hour. But basically this summer, once everybody's back home from school, I really want to transition this podcast to more of an interview style, kind of like how this one was, a pseudo interview conversation, which was cool. And I, I actually liked the flow of this one a lot. It was kept a little bit more on topic. More structured. It has its own flavor to it, which I like. Yeah. And I this is a little bit experimental. So let us yeah. know how you guys liked it. If you feel so inclined on that this summer for sure i really want to start kicking things into a different gear and stuff like that i do want to do a shameless plug here and mention that my youtube channel which is strictly gaming which i actually how i started doing my content creation broadly speaking has just hit its 100 subscriber mark which is super fun also not expected in the slightest at all because it's such a very tight niche other than that we all know joe since he's been returning and like the co-host at this point yeah i'll be back i think i'm gonna post all my probably edit them a little bit but my papers that i did during this semester and put them on oh that'd be super the so it'll be like one paper on family kazakhstan there'll be another paper on george berkeley and his ideal was a descartes there'll be one on him yeah so that's another thing oh. i want to do is obviously joe he we talked like at least the last few podcasts we talked a lot about psychology and stuff like that and uh history and for some of you that may get a little boring after a while or too much but that's just what he's immersed himself in at the time being and it's probably going to wind up happening more often than not, but we're hoping to get diversifying opinions in the future, which would be really cool. Or having a dichotomy between multiple different disciplines or areas of expertise. So I think that's where we'll leave this one for now. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And just our personal take on what at least fitness slash working out and then a little bit of mindset stuff sprinkled in there as well. And just viewpoints on a little bit of other things wrong with not wrong with society, but things that areas of improvement, I guess you would call it. So with that, see you all in the next one, everybody. And hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. And as always, I'd love to hear from you. And I really just want to make this podcast the best podcast you listen to. Meaning, if there's anything that you really enjoyed or any feedback for us, I would love for you to reach out on the social medias. You can find Feeding Curiosity across LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram in the usual places just by searching Feeding Curiosity. You can also send us an email or a message through the website. You can also support the work that we're doing here, including the podcast and all other content that we produce at Feeding Curiosity by either going to anchor.fm slash feeding curiosity slash support, or you can head over to the website and hit the support button and support us directly there as well. By supporting the podcast, you effectively keep us from having to deal with sponsorship and keeping the relationship that me and you the listener have as honest and open as possible as for me i take 
the idea of selling products and or sponsoring products very, very serious. Honestly, I just want to provide access to information to as many people as possible with as little of a barrier of entry as possible. At the very least, if you want to do anything to support the podcast, leave a review on the platform of choosing to subscribe, like, rate it, all of that. It helps out a ton. Again, thank you all for listening, and I hope you join in on the next episode.